2: First
0: cut. Welcome to the First Cut Podcast. I'm Rick Gaiman, and this is your DFS preview for this week's Genesis Invitational. We'll go tier by tier through the pricing. Find the best, probably some of the worst plays as well. Sia Najad is here. Sia, welcome.
1: Welcome. Welcome. I'm I'm feeling pretty good. We were talking before we went hot that uh, I had one of my best DFS weeks uh, last week uh, for the WM Phoenix and I'm hoping to carry some of that momentum into this week. Maybe you are
0: an elevated event guy. You just you show up in the biggest spots and wow. that's, that's when you put your best lineups in.
1: That's right. And, and I did have Rom in the one and done. So maybe, maybe that's true. That was a nice try. We'll get to that in just a second. Greg Mm -hmm.
0: Ducharme is
1: here.
3: Greg, good to see you. Good to see you too, boys. I guess uh, for me, when it comes to one and done, the elevated events have not been my friend. So um, I got some work to do this week. Got to pick the winner this week. You pick a winner in, in in a designated event and all is right in the world. So you're only one week away. Speaking of picking winners in elevated events, let's just go straight to the
0: one and done update here if we have that producer troy thank you very much so um this would not be a one and done without some sia drama and <laughs> to to see credit uh he kind of owned he owned this one the the no pick i think that uh it was like ninety. his fault, 4% my fault, but, but twice in three, in three weeks here, we had to, we had to hold strong on this.
1: Uh, Yeah. I mean, I, I guess, I mean, holding strong is a relative term, right? Here's the thing. I I was late in, in this, this one, I absolutely should own. I was 44 minutes late. I know that because I texted you and Patrick McDonald, Rick at 844 AM Eastern standard time, which I believe I think is like the moment you wrapped the show that you were doing the mega preview And so, the pick for just for everybody's edification, the pick was John Rom, who was worth 1.38 million, who would have brought me up to 2.194 million. With all that said, my pick was late. I did not gain a competitive advantage, but it was my bad.
0: Yes. The problem is. For the purposes of the pick, it's for the show, Greg. Yeah, I get it. it, it I get it. That's that's the problem, right? We're doing yeah. it for we're doing it for the show. Otherwise, you could just get it in Thursday morning at five a.m. and nobody would care. Yeah, uh, the, it's, it's, it's got to be in for the show.
3: It's also just the, these are the rules of engagement, right? I mean, these things are preset and we have rules and it it doesn't matter what they are. You can complain all you want that it's a bad rule, but the rule is the rule and we got to live by it. We got to uphold the standard. This is a, I mean, the the first cut one and done is a big deal. Uh, It's, it's a high stakes game. I mean, look at all the money that we already have in February on this board. Uh, I mean, this is, this is serious business, and we got to treat it as such. The good news is, there might be
0: now. You still have John Rahm, see ya? and he might actually get. He could make you more than one point three million at some point in the future.
1: Could be this week. <laughs> yeah, I, I have a feeling if I were to run it back this week, he'd just end up missing the cut. So I'm I'm not going to pick John Rom. But uh, yeah, my bad on that one. I I understand it's for the show. I, to be honest, I thought you guys would probably still be on the air when I got that pick in. I don't know when you wrapped. I don't know how long the show was, but for some reason I thought you'd still be on and I could just get the pick in on time. So I think I missed, I think I missed it by a couple of minutes,
0: minutes. So Sia with the, the no, the no pick 814,000. We met Kyle M this week. He is uh, a pleasure. He is everything that we thought he was. We met him in, in Phoenix uh, KP. And I did, he had John Rahm 1.38 million moves to 1.6 million. Greg. Oh boy. Uh, You and Kyle Porter had Colin Morikawa goose egg miscut.
3: I should have been late. I should have just with withheld the pick. I'd be much (laughs) happier right now. Still having Colin Morikawa in my back pocket. But I've now burned Xander Shoffley, who I would love to play this week. Uh, He's gone. Morikawa is gone. And they've gotten me a charity. Two hundred thousand dollars. A charity because xander with you know we we remember all the drama that's
0: right yeah we've had a drama issue every single week that's right that was a charity 200k
3: yeah a charity 200k now that being said our leader mark um was involved with the you know he he got like a charity 3.6 Uh, So,
0: yeah, our only goal at this point for you and I, Greg, is to just keep our noses clean. So there's no asterisks on this by the time because if we get asterisks on everybody else, then we're good here.
3: Yeah. Oh, I'm going to keep it clean the whole way. All right. You know, I'm going to you can't go on a little rules spit uh, spat like I just did. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Can I I just say uh, I'm loving the chat right now. You guys probably haven't been dialed in, but you should scroll up after the show.
0: Chat is really booming right now. I'll check. I'll check it out in a second. Keep it coming. Let's update you on the rest of the way. Patrick actually made a pretty nice pick. Sung JM six hundred fifty-two thousand gets him to two point six million. KP holds strong at three million. The fans, the fans, the fans join myself and Mark and got the big bucks three point six million dollars. So Mark is now in the lead six point seven. I have five point six, and the fans are at four point one it is kind of crazy, these elevated events, how much money there is.
3: Oh, up near the top, too. I mean, Sung Jay is a great pick. And it feels like it's you know, you feel like you're treading water with it. Getting 600 k out of out of Sung Jay is great. What do you finish tied sixth? And look at the difference. I mean, three million dollars behind Scotty Scheffler. It's it's crazy. I mean, you gotta you gotta hit the win, I guess.
0: Uh, there is some general – there is some general support for C in the chat. I do see some. some. It's so, It's well, a I cavalcade. See, I see Garrett saying, why didn't Sia fill it out as soon as this show last Monday was over? Good point. We reminded him on Monday that, yes, we did, Garrett. I also te- – I have never reached out via text to anyone before a show started to follow up because I didn't want to have to ding him a second time. So I, I'd argue we made um, –
3: attempts above and beyond the normal
0: selection process.
3: We, we could go back to the tapes. We have comment. I mean, we got live sound of Sia (laughs) acknowledging the position that he was in. I think he even said, I'll have to do it tonight. I
1: think the real tragedy is that I was in the basement last year and I'm in the basement again, but it's because of the 44 minutes late, because I wouldn't be in the basement this time. I don't want to spend a whole show on this. I'm just saying, no competitive advantage was gained. That's all I'm going to say. I was late.
0: That's right. You were. Uh, the one and done could have another shakeup this week because it's the same purse. Again, gentlemen, and basically the same field. So I imagine when we release these picks at 5 p.m. Eastern time, Sia on Tuesday. 5 p.m. Eastern time, Sia on Tuesday. When these 5 picks- p.m.
1: Eastern. That's <laughs> the normal. That's the normal time. Then we're back to the normal that's time of The adjusted time. I just want to- when these when these picks will be due
0: tomorrow. Tomorrow. The normal uh, time.
1: <laughs> there, I need to hear you say the normal time.
0: Uh, the time of the show on that's Tuesday. Fine at yeah. 5 p.m. Eastern time. the I assume we're all going to be using some big boppers again.
3: Yeah, uh, I would assume too. Uh, y- you know, the funny thing is, I was thinking about this. when If you're sitting in a position like mine, very near the cellar, but also very much in contention, um, do you go all out now? Uh, what's going to happen come playoff time, right? I mean, we got 14 big time events where you got to hit it big uh, and with Scotty and Rom coming off the board, Rory's going to be coming off the board here soon for some guys, you know, who, who do you want to hang on to? late? Um, there are some big decisions to be made for the longevity. So for Kyle, Patrick, myself, Kyle M Sia, it are we chasing right now? Or, um, Or is there a long game to to play? Because, I mean, those big events late in the year are going to be very important as well. We spent some. We spent a lot of
0: time with Mark this week. He is very proud of his one and done performance thus far. So we have to kind of band together and figure out a way to make this, make the madness stop. Um, yeah. Troy, do we have our our picks? We can get recap these real quick. We did pretty well. Yeah, there we go. It was just Patrick and I on Tuesday. We both won our matchups. Hatton over Shane Lowry. That was over before the weekend. Lowry missed the cut. Hatton finished inside the top ten. Tony Finau over Colin Morikawa again over by the weekend. So two no sweat bets on the matchup side of things. Uh Finishing position, Keegan T20. Yes, sir. Plus 220, 250. Uh JT Poston did not finish inside the top 20. I believe he missed the cut. And then we did not find an outright winner amongst Morikawa, Burns, Jay, or Tom Kim. Do we have the best bets? Thank you kindly. With Higo top South African. No, that was... Dylan Fratelli, I believe. And then Rory McElroy, top GB and I, plus 110. No, Rory finished T-32 or,
3: or something. Yeah, 32, something like that.
0: Um, which Patrick has uh, been better with his matchups, but he has yet to hit the best ball. We'll see how long that streak, we can keep that one running for. Okay. Let's reassess, turn our attention to Riviera, turn our attention to the second consecutive elevated event. Before we do that, let me remind the fans that now that you're in this thing, your one and done has never been more important. That link is in the description right now. You can go get your vote in and you can pick your golfer for this week. Lots of money on the line. Go get it done right now. Tuesday, 5 p.m. Eastern time is when we will need all of those votes. We're going to jump back into this with... Golf course conversation, breaking down the field. But first, we're going to take a quick
2: break and hear a word from our partners. Did you know that while over 60% of Americans dream of starting their own business, less than 20% of them take the first step? The reason? Building a business is tough. Taylor Brands is simplifying the business journey. From launching and managing to growing your business, Taylor Brands isn't just another tool. It's your online business partner from launch to success. That's t a i l o r b r a n d s dot com slash CBS Sports. So start your business journey today with Taylor Brands.
1: Now streaming on Paramount Plus. You ready, Bob? alright. Audiences are raving. Bob Marley is electrifying. It's the feel-good movie of the year. Bob Marley One Love. Rated PG thirteen. Now streaming on Paramount Plus. And we're back. Okay,
0: let's turn our attention to Riviera. Producer Troy if you could share my screen that'd be great. My website rickrungood.com. Uh Greg, let's talk about the golf course because this is generally considered one of the best spots on the PGA Tour schedule. Everybody loves Riviera and it generally is quite the test for these golfers.
3: Absolutely. Um you know, it, it's it's hard to hit greens on this golf course. It, it's a long golf course. You can see there over 7300 yards and a par 71. Um, in California, it's not like you're you're at elevation where the ball's going very far. Um, So that can be a challenge. Um, And and again, you often get really firm and sometimes really glassy greens that can lead to a a really tall task. I mean, you'll see you'll see greener regulation leaders for the week hitting about 72 percent of the greens. So they're they're very difficult to hit in regulation. And that puts a big premium on the short game, which you can also see by. The numbers here. So I, I find it interesting. The two key numbers would be driving distance and strokes gain around the green. And I was looking at the past, what, six winners. Um, and and when I look at this for the week, Joaquin Neiman was second around the green. Max Homo was ninth around the green. Adam Scott was 17th. JB Holmes was 33rd, but first in putting. Uh, Bubba Watson was sixth around the green. Dustin Johnson was 44th in strokes gain around the green, but was fifth in scrambling. Uh, so, it, so it's really important to get the ball up and down. And while you can do it with the putter, um, you know some guys have had a little they haven't had a stellar week in the strokes gain around the green number, but they've typically backed it up with really strong putting. So you're going to have to scramble a little bit this week. So a big emphasis for me on, uh, I, again, I, I find it hard to put a big emphasis on distance, um, because there's so many guys who hit it long. I don't really think it's a big separator, but there is a big separator when you start looking at uh, approach play and around the green play as a little bit of a combination.
0: Right. So to add a little context to this, uh Greg's absolutely right. You're going to have some of the lowest fairway percentages this week, some of the lowest green in regulation percentages this week. I think the distance side of this model comes from, you know, more people playing out of the rough, so the longer guys generally get a little bit of an edge, but a- absolutely right, around the green play this you know, I don't I I rarely favor that Sia, but when you Look at the golf course, uh, both on paper and when you get out there and walk it. And you look at the types of players. And Greg listed out the performances that we've seen around the green here. Like, there's a lot of times par is going to be a good score. Getting up and down out of the sticky
1: Kakuya is like it's it's not for everybody. Exactly. I mean, you want to keep yourself in this tournament and, and there's a lot of people around the green that can certainly take themselves out of the tournament. So I'm putting a major emphasis on it as well. Obviously the approach play, um, you know, mid to long irons, I think is going to be important here, but yeah, uh, around the green putting scrambling, it's all super key here. And so that I have probably, I can't remember the last time I had this much of an emphasis uh, on those factors on that short game itself. <laughs>
3: Um, one, uh, one other thing, Rick, um, you look at you mentioned par being a good score and yeah. you look at the winning scores here in relation to par. And in the last six years, there's only been two, two players who have gotten past 15 under. Uh, walk, jo- uh, Joaquin Neiman, he won by a bunch last wire to, year, wired. was it wired a wire to wire. wire it? It, yeah. It was just dominant from him. Yeah. Du- when Dustin Johnson got to 17 under, he won by five as well. So, uh, you know, 15 under 14 under, uh, sometimes it only takes 11 or 12. Those are really good numbers. So, um, that, that means by definition and par is going to be a really good score. Um, it it also are hard to come by.
1: Yeah, and Rick, it also means that, you know, finishing position is going to matter a little bit more than some of those birdie fest. Those points you sure. pick up at the end of the tournament um, are going to be really key, more so than in, in most cases.
0: Yeah, there'll be a larger percentage of the fantasy points that you earn, those finishing position points. That's absolutely right. Here's the cheat sheet. Four golfers over $10,000. It's an absolutely stacked field. John Rahms, 11-1. Scotty Scheffler, 10-7. Rory McIlroy, 10-5. JT, Justin Thomas, $10,100. I'll bounce this over to you, Greg first. Uh, there's a lot of good names here and get get ready for some more because this entire like 8K and up is a joke.
3: Yes. Um, now we have the this is the, the big three, right one, two and three in the world with Rom, Scheffler, and, and McElroy. And uh, I think when you look at their games, all three of them they fit the bill when it comes to that iron play and the scrambling ability as well. Um, now Justin Thomas, is a really interesting one for me. And, and because these, the big three are all so good, I, I think it's hard to separate the three. And um, you're not going to go wrong choosing any of them. So, I, I, but I look to Justin Thomas in this range. And when I go through the course breakdown before looking even at the field, my first thought is Justin Thomas. Um, one of the best iron players in the game, if not the best, and also one of the best wedge players, uh, one of the best scramblers in the game as well. And and he really fits that mold. Um, so so his name was circled before the pricing even came out for me. I think
0: what's interesting, Greg, is and we've been tracking this for quite some time, is that his approach play since the U.S. Open has been rather pedestrian and now it feels like he's turning the corner a little bit, seven strokes gained on approach in his last seven measured rounds. That's one stroke per round. That's the rate you, you, you usually would like to see from an elite ball striker like Justin Thomas. And, and you're right. He's probably the most underrated around the green player in the world because, because we talk about how good he is, Uh, you know, with, with his second shot, his, his yeah. short game is stellar.
3: It's absolutely stellar. And if there's one kind of concern in his game, it's his putting without sure. question. Um, before I get into the putting, though, he he did lead the field on Sunday in strokes gain approach at the WM as well. So they- another good sign
0: our set was at the back of the driving range where the guys would come over after their rounds and it Thursday I think it was Thursday night JT and Mike Thomas and Bones were grinding they were looking for something i think they found it because he got better every single round last week
3: yeah yeah. And it, and it's a good sign. And then when you look on the greens, he's got his old, the you know, the putter he used to win the PGA championship back in, in play. Um, and he was pretty close to level on the greens this week. Uh, he didn't really lose a whole lot in any round. He didn't really gain a whole lot in any round. He, he ended up losing a little bit uh, on the week, less than a stroke. But it was a, a positive sign for me. And a putter shift for JT going back to his gamer, I think, is a really good sign. I, I think it'll feel familiar. And sometimes when something new comes into play, you can get that spark. So Justin Thomas, for me, is a... Um, a you know, a big time play in this field. I think it's a great course fit. Um, And he did finish six last year. He has a runner up here as well. A couple of years ago, Uh, I'm looking for big things out of JT.
0: Yeah. Three top tens in his last five starts at Riviera. Okay. Sia, we've got a vote for Justin Thomas. How would you like to allocate your
1: funds at the top of the board? I love the Justin Thomas argument, especially if you contrast it to the other three guys, just from a price standpoint. And I love how the game is trending. You know, what's really interesting is it's hard to make lineups if you know, there's so many guys I like in the 9 and the 8K range that it's actually the couple lineups I've tried. It's been hard to make lineups with John Rahm in the lineup. I mean, I like John Rahm this week. He checks all the boxes, short game, whatever proximities you're looking for. I mean, obviously, he checks all the boxes, right? So I like him, but among these four, I think I'll take the slight discount on Roy McElroy. Mm-hmm. Um, We know the history here is great. It, it, number one T to green, by the way, last 36 rounds. Fourth on approach, obviously super strong around the green. Uh, excellent to, with the mid to long irons, but what's interesting at the WM Phoenix was that he lost with the putter all four days, and and I actually think it's going to be more challenging this week. I don't think that's really in dispute. I think that's going to serve him a little bit better than it did uh, last week. So I think uh, I think Rory is primed to like really kind of climb and, and win a tournament. Uh,
0: we spent a lot of time with the the John Rom group on the weekend, and it's it's pretty sick how good he is. And I I think I, I think John rom had maybe his b minus stuff last week you could tell he he didn't have it his, his his dispersion off the tee was a little bit wider than normal he didn't look particularly comfortable he didn't hit a lot of great shots and that Greg that like the B minus stuff is l- like I ah, just like third best in the world
3: yeah <laughs> uh, right and and that, that's what you get during the week uh, but he's such a competitor and you know he's he's hole putts for par and giving big fist pumps. Cause he's just staying in it. Just hoping he can find something and get hot. So like I said, I mean, we have Rory, you get a nice discount on that. That's a reasonable play. Scotty played really well here last year. Uh, and we're in Scotty season. Um, There's no question about that. He's kind of asserted himself as one of these, you know, last week he really let the world know he belongs in the conversation with uh, with with John and Rory Uh, very, very much so. And he's now ahead of both of them. So uh, I have no problem with any of those plays. I, I think they're extremely reliable.
0: All right, let's talk about the nines. This is a range that starts with Xander Shoffley at 9,900, Max Homa, 97, Tony Finau at 95. Then we round the whole thing out with Sungjae, Colin Morikawa, Sam Burns, and Patrick Cantlay. Okay, Sia, you're generally pretty bullish on the nines. What do you want to
1: do here? I am, and, I, and as usual, I want to start some of my lineups in the nines. And I just think it's so interesting because – I completely agree that there's a top three in this tournament, but I think if we had Rom at 11,100 and then we had whatever, uh, Scotty and Rory at 10,900, 10,800, and we just kind of went down by a hundred and we put Xander, Homa and Finao in the 10K range, perhaps maybe the lower 10K range. I think we'd all be okay with that. That's not how DraftKings works. I get it, but I, I don't think there really should be a mental block between this 10 and nine K range, especially the upper nine K range with the drop off being Sung down from that. I love all three of those guys at the top. I mean, for me, especially when you factor in course history uh, in in Tony Finau, I mean, I'm so afraid of him. Sometimes I'm just the guy that picks wrong on Tony Finau, but everything he's, he's number one in my model, which shouldn't be a gigantic surprise. Maybe my model's a little off. Maybe it should be Rory or Ron, but I love the track record here. I love the recent form. Uh, I I should note in your adjusted model, Rick. So what I do, by the way, is I kind of do all my research before the Monday show and kind of get into the granular stuff. And then I actually go to your adjusted fit model right before yeah. the show starts, just to kind of see where my guys measure up. And boom, there's Tony now right at the top and there's Max Homa second. Those are my two favorite guys in the 9K range. And again, it goes back to the track record, how well they play just on the West Coast, particularly with Max Homa and how well they're playing right now.
0: Yeah, Fina hasn't missed a cut here in five years. Two runner up finishes during that stretch at other t fifteen. So playing much better since missing two of his first three cuts. And he's obviously just a much better player now than he has been, even even with losing strokes putting in each of his last two starts something that he hadn't died. That snapped a he snapped a ten event measured a ten measured event putting streak of gaining. And has lost strokes in each of his last two, and they were still T9, T14, which is how good the rest of his game is. So, uh, Greg, what do you start making out of this $9,000 range?
3: Yeah, I I think um, I think Tony Finau is certainly an option. There's one guy I see I didn't mention who kind of stands out to me, um, and it's Sung J.M., and we've talked about this a lot now i have a concern his course history isn't great although somewhat limited t33 is his best finish but the thing that really jumps out to me about sung jay is the ball striking performance the last two weeks gaining 7 strokes at the farmers uh, gaining 4 strokes approaching the group both those approaching the green last week at the wm phoenix open and then in the last two events combined he adds another 6 or 7 strokes around the green. Uh, and and you've talked about this a lot, Rick, and I think it's really accurate where Sungjae kind of shows us when something's getting hot and, yeah. and he, he kind of can go on a little bit of a run. And I'm wondering if this is, um, if we have to worry about the course history or if song little recent trend here being exactly what uh, would I look for in the model? If that's a sign that he can uh, pop off and really content. I mean, honestly, if, if you take out course history, he could be a one and done play this week. I will take the fall for this 2020 missed cut. So
0: if you remember, he was, I mean, look at this stretch of golf. It was like 18 or 19 straight cuts made i think it was the longest streak on the pga tour he was rocking and rolling i got there on thursday morning and i i fist bumped him and that was the first time i had met sung Jay. and then he missed the cut so i'll i'll take that one greg so the the other ones are on him but that one's on me yeah all right so that
3: that rules out one of them at least (laughs) um but he's he's been dominant i mean he's been great yeah absolutely flushing it um so could Sung Jae? W- could he win this week? Could he take these guys on at at Riviera? I think he has. I think he has the game to do it. So I'm I'm watching him very closely. He's going to be in a lot of my lineups. Um, I'm curious, Sia, How do you see ownership playing out in this in this 9K range? Similar to
1: last week, I think it's going to be somewhat flat. I mean, I do think Tony Finau is probably going, to, especially because of how he rates out. He's probably going to be the highest owned guy. But be, it, but I don't think it's going to be such a chasm between him and some of the other guys, because that's not like when DFS realizes a lot of the ownership is, you know, by Wednesday, people are kind of switching off and making their adjustments. So I, th- I definitely think it's going to be Tony Finau. But, you know, Xander, Sungjae, um th- those guys are all obviously in, in the conversation as well for for ownership. Homa, yeah.
0: Homa's trending Homa to me. too. Yeah, one of the higher owned, at least one and done selections for the week. So we'll see if uh, if that translates to the DFS game. Anybody else we need to talk about here before we before we move on? Morikawa. Yeah. Runner up last year. Uh, misses the cut. You know, what's our what's our level of concern around a uh, uh, Colin miscut
3: last week? Um, I, I think it's wise to go back to Colin this week. Again, um, you know, one miscut cut last week and a big group playing with Rory McIlroy. Um, of course, I was on him last week, and I've had this happen before where, you, you know, you're off by a, a single week. I still think the the reason why I, I liked Morikawa last week, I think that still holds true. Uh, he's been hitting the ball great. And there are some concerns around the green. Yeah. But I, I think you're looking at... Um, you know, a different style of around the green play last week than this week. There's a lot more rough around the greens um, in spots here for sure. Um, there are some runoff areas, but I, I think I think he can handle that. And I, it, it's a little risky, but if there's a especially if there's an ownership reduction on him uh, and, and you can get kind of that ownership discount, I think Morikawa could be a, a fine play.
1: I think you are going to get the ownership discount on him because I think the general tenor, Greg, of what you just said is the around-the-green gameplay coupled with what, what we saw last week, just he's not the right fit. What I think is interesting is, A, I agree with you. He's a great play for DFS just because of that sentiment. But Patrick Cantlay at 9,000, it's just so appetizing. I, I kind of wonder where you guys are at with that because it's going to be hard for me to resist playing him in a, in a decent amount of lineups.
3: Uh, I, you know, it's been... Lackluster, to say the least. Um, we know that he can turn that around in the blink of an eye uh, in an instant. M- missing the cut last week, at T26 at the American Express. He was kind of, you know, one of the big dogs there. And this event, you kind of see him finishing in between the top 10 and the top 20, which is good, but it, it's not a course history I'm necessarily, you know, sprinting to. Um you know he's com- he's contended here he's competed well here before so I'm I'm kind of lukewarm on Cantley I I like the ownership discount, but I I'm a little more favorable to the guy right below him, even though he's in the 8K range. He's been he's been good, not great. I think the, um, the 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 best finish that we saw he had to gain he had gained
0: eight strokes putting that week at TPC Summerlin. His his approach play has not been that good. His drive driver's been a little bit weaker as of late. He just doesn't seem as sharp. So he's been good. He hasn't been great. Unfortunately, we're in a tier where there's a lot of great.
3: Yeah. Putters. The the one, uh, the one thing about him though, Sia in your favor is he can win without the approach play. Yeah. Right. He's, he's one of those rare guys where the rest of his game is so strong. He can have some good iron play weeks without really gaining a lot of strokes. Uh, Cause he plays to that strength of, of a really hot putter sometimes. So mm-hmm. the approach play doesn't really concern me quite as much. I just, I wonder you're, you're betting on him kind of catching fire this week.
0: The $8,000 range, no shortage of big names here. Victor Hovland, Cam Young, Will Zalatoris, who did not play last week is playing this week. Jordan Spieth, Tom Kim, Jason day, and then the bottom Fitzy, Hideki, Terrell Hatton, Adam Scott, Justin Rose. See, yeah, you get first crack at the 8K range.
1: I mean, I love this range. Usually it's a range I, I desperately want to skip, but there's just so much talent here from the top down. But I'm going to go sort of to the middle down. I'm going to start with Jason Day. Um, not much recent form on this track, but I mean, Jason Day, I I, I don't want to jinx him like you jinxed Sungjae in 2020, Rick, but I'm pretty sure Jason Day is officially back. And I think there's a few yeah. guys in this 8K range and the upper 7K range that we will get to that are officially back. And, and I just I mean, I think he's a great course fit for one in your adjusted fit model. He's number six overall, by the way, Rick, yeah. Ball striking elite short game coming into form um, grades out extremely well in my model as well. So I think at 8400, I don't want to say it's like a bad price because it's not that's where he should be. But man, I, I think this guy is playing in a way that he could be contending on Sunday afternoon. Um, Justin Rose is another guy I like. I don't know if I want to go back to him. I don't know if I want to observe the Greg Ducharm rule of, of going back to a guy who just won. But I do, the short game, it's been excellent. Approach has been very good over his last two at least. The other guy I'll mention, and I think he's going to be popular, so I may not actually come around to him, is Adam Scott at a flat 8K. Uh, just, you know, great finishing positions dating back to the FedEx St. Jude. I mean, he's been really good as of late. I don't think a lot of people are noticing, but... Um, the putter can go bad sometimes, but we know he's good on PO as well. And we know his experience here is good too. So Adam Scott, I think is a, a pretty good price at eight K
0: the Aussies love themselves. Riv. You get kind of like the comps to some of the, uh, the Aussie courses. So these guys tend to play well. Let me pull up Jason day real quick, because outside of the miscut at the RSM classic, it is a stretch of seven straight top 21 finishes with his last three, a tease, a, t- Uh, Fifth place finish in Phoenix, a T7 at Torrey Pines and a T18 at the American
3: Express. J-Day certainly vibing right now. But uh, Before you click off of J-Day, Rick, go to his course history here. Because there's something that really stands out to me at the Genesis. Now, I've been beating the J-Day drum for all year. I've been very... Yep, that's exactly right. (laughs) <laughs> so I love Jason day uh, and, and I've been playing him every single week so far this year. Um, but the one thing through Jason day's career that he never really lost was the putter, but here at Riviera, he's never had it, I never gained strokes, put in, at Riviera. That's a big concern for me now in many of these other instances leading into this, for instance, last week, well Jason day's iron play has improved and that's been kind of the difference maker. And the thing that always allows me to overlook course history is when somebody's weakness has become a strength where they're kind of a different player. Uh, but Jason day never lost his putt in, but here he, he has. So I, I love Jason day. I, I just I have my concerns with him on the greens here. I, I think there's something to that.
0: How bad has Jason Day's putting been? Well, everyone in this field uh, in their history at Riviera of golfers who have as many rounds as Jason Day measured rounds 14 of them. Only
3: Gary Woodland
0: has been worse with the putter at Riv. So it's uh, yeah,
3: statistically so one bad. of the be- and he's one of the best putters in the world. um tough so i i don't think he i don't think he sees it when he gets on these greens anyway what what else do we have in
0: this eight thousand dollar range that we should talk about
3: um well one i'll start with victor hovland Mm. who's right up there on top um i know last week didn't go very well but he has a great record here right a t4 and a t5 in his two starts a little worried about the around the green performance last week even though it's been getting much better um in the you know this year it's been it's definitely been getting better um but i i feel that this is a great golf course for victor hoblin um,
0: here's the here's a secret uh go get victor's fairway prop and bet the under if you can find it somewhere so these are already hard fairways to hit and i'm pretty sure he's going to play down the wrong fairway on 15 Intentionally, mm-hmm. So we've already removed one opportunity of him hitting that yeah. fairway. Uh, so uh, keep your eye out for any fairway props from Victor this week. So he's looking at 13 fairways, max max. And yep. they're, and, and, you, and these guys are only hitting 50% of
3: them at the, at the, anyway. yeah, exactly. All right. I, I like that one, Rick. Um, Thank you. Maybe he can spend one of his good tee shots on that one and hit it in the wrong fairway on purpose. There, right, um, right. Stripe it right down the middle of the wrong fairway. Yeah. Um, and, and then he can, you know, just miss a couple by a few <laughs> yards, but, I, but I like, I like Victor on the, on the course history angle. I like Adam Scott on the course history angle as well. Um, he's kind of fitting that. His game has been pretty pale uh, on rickrungood.com, <laughs> which I like, although he's not the pale player of the week. Uh, we'll get to that a little bit later. Oh. Um, I, I do have one of those. But I, I trust Adam Scott here at Riviera, uh, and I think his game has been good enough for him to come to what he calls his favorite golf course on the PGA Tour and go contend. I, I think Adam Scott has that capability.
0: Was this his la- is that his last win here in 2020? He, he, he hasn't won after that, has he? I think that's the last one.
3: I believe you're right. Yeah, I think it is. So, he's um, playing good golf. Yeah, he's playing good golf. He's got the distance. The putting has become a strength over the last little while. So I I, I like what I'm seeing out of him. Now, there is a guy I'm um, really... I mean, Will Zalatoris. You can't look past him. Th- this is just one of those things where the stats of late are a little... I kind of take them with a grain of salt because we haven't seen a lot of them. But this is one of those major championship type venues that Will Zalatoris excels in. Um and and on that basis alone, on that premise alone, he's a he's a good play, in my opinion. Um so one this is the guy I wanted to get your thoughts on. Cause I I don't know what's going on, but uh Hideki Matsuyama. <laughs> I'm looking at this I and I, I see I'm licking my chops, right? This is, this should be a great spot for Hideki. And what I saw at the farmer's insurance open with him was some really strong ball striking. I mean, he's got three top tens here as well. And I, and he's so good in the short game. Right, These Mm -hmm. kind of scrambling tests, Hideki is great in. And you you look at the recent streak, you're talking about five events in a row gaining strokes around the greens. Um, But where are we with his ball striking? Is there a problem? He lost four, four, almost five strokes approaching the green last week. I I think I'm in on Hideki. Uh
0: the the it's it's like Bizarro world where the short game's been awesome and the ball striking's been a bit off, but he has been better recently on approach. He's been better recently off the tee. He had that one bad week in Phoenix. It's so weird. It's like, I'm just asking Hideki to gain a couple of strokes on approach, which yeah. is like his truest of all true DNAs. So yeah. I don't I mean, think he could gain 10 strokes this week. Yeah, I don't think it's that big of a stretch and he also because of the history of the poor putting which is much better he's gained an eight of nine he does not get credit for how good his short game is because he's always had a great around the green game he would knock everything to four feet then miss the four footer but he is he is much more sound with the flat stick now
3: yes i i totally agree um and and gaining strokes the last two weeks on the greens as well um and and he lost strokes at the sony um, but before that it was, it was really, really sound on the greens. Um, I mean, almost like a Tony Fee now kind of run on the greens. So I'm in on that one too, but that's can, all I got.
1: Can, can I just say, you know, it's funny and I hate to bring like a, just to live into this, but we look at who's in the eight K range, like to the extent that anybody ever complained about like people going to live in some big names. This is like so ridiculous. like we didn't even bring up Matt Fitzpatrick, who I know is like kind of a has been a favorite of of Rick yourself, if and Greg maybe you as well. We didn't even bring up Jordan Spieth. Like these are all good plays. And by the way, I think okay. I'm in on Decky too. Uh, there's just so many good players in this 8K range. It's crazy. Uh, yes,
0: it it's wild stuff. You could almost I mean Terrell and Hatton, Terrell Hatton's been like hotter than most of those guys. So it's yeah. yeah it's great. You could build a whole lineup of, of 8k guys, the sevens
3: paramount plus and the national park foundation present a mountain of Zen. Are you still listening? Good. Take a deep breath. You needed a break this earth week. You can live stream seven national parks for seven days on paramount plus. So yes, you can literally stream a stream paramount plus. Official streaming partner of the National Park Foundation.
1: The wait is over. The Shy returns with new episodes on Paramount Plus.
3: What brings you to the Shy? Opportunity.
2: Everybody get down!
1: Walk right up to the side. A new rain is coming to the south side.
2: Never should have sent a boy to do a woman's job.
1: The Shy. New episodes May 10th. Visit ParamountPlus.com the shy to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto-renews. Restrictions apply.
0: Fowler, Siwoo, Sahith, Wyndham-Clark. That's the top. The bottom portion, Dietry, Cam Davis, the aforementioned Gary Woodland, Hayden Buckley, amongst others. So, see, I'll bounce this right back to you. Um, How do you want to pick from the now significantly larger tier of the 7Ks?
1: I like the 7Ks. Uh, There's a few guys I like here, and one of them is another guy that's back, is officially back. I'm declaring it. Perhaps I should have declared Jason Day was back like three tournaments ago. But this guy I can declare right now. It's Ricky Fowler at 7,900. I I, I love Ricky Fowler here. Um, Around the green games, it's been solid. Putting's been solid. Uh, the last three tournaments, we're seeing the finishing positions. We're seeing an upward trajectory with the 54th, 11th, and 10th. Uh, that's all this year, by the way, this calendar year since late January. In fact, approach has been elite. I just, I just think we're getting Ricky Fowler at a, a very reasonable price at this point, and I think we're going to continue to see him trend upward. Uh, the other three, the other two guys I'll mention here. Tommy Fleetwood, I think 7,300 is a pretty good price there. And I wonder, I don't think he's going to be super popular. He wasn't bad at the WM Phoenix, even though he ended up missing the cut. Uh, He's been okay on the world tour, so he's been in decent form. Um, And he writes out really well in my model on approach around the green the proximities putter t to green uh fourth in your adjusted fit model Rick so Tommy Fleetwood's another guy and then the other guy who I think is going to be really good just to navigate around this course and who has a really elite short game is Alexander Nord he he had a miscut at the Phoenix as well but again that was one of those where it just wasn't that bad of a miscut uh, he was he ended up being bad off the tee and and ironically around the green but I'm not really worried about that and he's got a good history here
0: yeah he missed the cut on the number um Greg I was actually kind of looking just to kind of put a. Bug- on the Hideki conversation, yeah, he did. Uh, would you prefer that the vast majority of the strokes that he lost on approach last week were on one, two, three, four, five shots, or would you prefer it that it was like? I mean, he lost. He lost over a half a stroke on approach on five different shots. Um, he lost 1.6 by hitting into the water on 15. So that's almost, uh, what more than a third of his total strokes. Yeah. So I don't think, I don't think it was as bad as it kind of looks. No
3: water at Riviera. Yeah. Uh, so that's a good sign. That's absolutely a good sign. And again, you put that on a golf course, right? Maybe you got to have a couple of errant shots in there, but you also have that short game to back it up. Well, the short game can't back it up when you're in the water, uh, but at Riviera it can. So, all right, you just cemented my case. I'm in on Hideki, and he is moving up my 8K board. Um, Me too. Right I'm around convinced. the right around the Hovland kind of camp. Definitely ahead, of Adam Scott, who I like. Um, so that's good. See it. Yeah. You yeah. mentioned Tommy Fleetwood. <laughs> Tommy Fleetwood is my pale player of the week. Oh. Mm. Um, I think this is a great fit for Tommy Fleetwood. Another just like Hideki Matsuyama, another guy with a really underrated short game. Yeah, he's so Um, good. He's had a little bit of putt in struggles here, but he doesn't necessarily lean on that. So he has a T-28 and a T-37 here, but a very talented player who um, I, I think is priced very fairly. Um, and so so he's definitely going to make my lineup as uh, my, my pale guy of the week. A um, couple other guys that I had on my list. I like Norin as well, Sia, who you mentioned. But up near the top, there's, there's a couple players who really have my attention. Um, one of them is Siwoo Kim, who has been just putting the lights out of it. Absolutely putting the lights out of it. Uh, and, and he's been hitting it all right. And, he, and we have a T23 in his last start. Uh, three straight top 25s following his win. I think the, the ship has kind of settled down for him. Uh, this has been a very volatile event for him. Just like pretty much every other event that he plays on tour. <laughs> yeah. But the game is starting to get steady. Um, back in 2019, he did finish solo third here so he's he's had some success i like where his short game is and this is kind of what we're looking for right a uh, um a very proficient short game with adequate ball striking uh, which is very odd but that's that's the way i look at um this golf course so i yeah i'm i'm weighing on him the other two guys that i am curious about would be wyndham clark yep and keegan bradley Um, But but I think I think Wyndham Clark is probably a little bit more interesting.
0: So I like this one a lot. So first of all, he hasn't he has not missed a cut since Vegas. And he's got one, two, three, four top 16 finishes since then. It's like basically half his starts or four out of seven. He was in a big group on Saturday or Sunday, held his own. He's one of the longer guys on tour. If you like the distance angle, he has an adequate, if not much better than that short game. And he's played well here in the past and he's playing great golf now.
3: And, is- and the thing that like when I think of Wyndham Clark from 30,000 feet, um, he is a driver and a putter to me. Driver and a putter. But of late, his iron play has been really, really good. Um, He's gained strokes in five out of his last six approaching the green Four last week, three and a half at the Farmer's Insurance Open. Um, The short game, he's gained strokes in five straight, uh, including four last week. And he is a he is naturally a great putter. So I'm I'm a big fan of him this week. What was,
0: who was the other one? Wyndham Clark. Keegan. Keegan.
3: Oh, Keegan. Yeah. Keegan. Yeah. Keegan is playing some inspired golf to me. Uh, I think Keegan has that Ryder cup on his mind. And this seems like a great fit for him, but look at how good he's been uh, on and around the greens lately. The last two weeks have been phenomenal. I certainly trust him tee to green. Uh, and, and you add into the mix, a little bit of confidence on, on and around the greens, a place where he's, contended before he has a uh, way back in 2000, um, 2015 he has a tied fourth finish. but you know that's the time frame when Keegan's using a belly putter. and I, I don't think his putter is to that level yet, but I think it's getting a lot closer. Uh, his game is complete the way it was early in his career. Yeah, he's
0: playing some of the best golf he has in a long time. I mean, we don't even have the metrics from his win at the Zozo, but you imagine those would be pretty good if we threw them in there as well. Let's find value. Some pure value. $6,000 range. The top of it, Adrian Moronk, Alex Smalley, Andrew Putnam, Emiliano Grillo, Johnny Vegas, Nick Hardy. The min-priced golfers are Hmm. J.B. Holmes, Austin Smotherman, Max McGreevy, Tyler Duncan, amongst
1: others. Sia, let's find some darts, please. Are we contractually obligated to mention Tiger Woods' name, uh, seeing oh as that we skipped God. over the seven? Yes. days. Wow. all
0: right. Uh, Sorry, I forgot about Tiger.
1: I, I I don't know. I don't have to talk about him, but I just uh, I just curious if uh, he's on either of your radars. I mean, for DFS oh, yeah. purposes, but no. probably not mine. But you know. I mean there's like
0: no conceivable way you should invest any money at the Tiger Woods, but you should be very excited to watch him
3: play. Right? right. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah, that that's perfectly said. I mean literally, I've never seen a graph like that. I know. <laughs> that's a that's a cliff. He it's a off. right angle. It's like it's almost like something happened there. <laughs> yeah, it's almost like yeah, it's exactly yeah, exactly right. It's almost like he fell off a cliff. It, it's great to have him back
0: playing yeah, it's well, gonna be it's gonna be awesome. I'm gonna watch every single shot, but uh, that that profile right there will not be getting my money. That's yeah. fair. All
1: right, Well, I apologize for the detour. but um yeah, there's a few guys that that I, that I like here. Uh, one that I liked last week that I mentioned on this very show is James Hahn, uh, who was, you know had a good course history last week and has a pretty great course history as well uh, for for Riviera. So I think James Hahn is interesting at sixty seven hundred. Um has been pretty bad. I wonder, you know, again, we're, we're kind of reaching here in the 6k range. I wonder if he's going to be able to kind of summon something with the ball striking. Cause we know the, around the green game can be elite with him. So I at least think he's interesting. Uh, Ben Taylor, he's missed three cuts in a row. Um, but the short game can really get going with him and he's only 6,400. We know the ball striking can be good with Ben Taylor. So I think maybe that's worth a shot. Maybe one other name I'll mention Adam Shank at 6,400, uh, this short game tends to keep him in things uh, as the ball striking hasn't been very good, but three straight made cuts, uh, something to be said for a 6,400 guy there.
0: Yeah. And two of them are top 25s and the two that he did finish top 25 were the two hard ones, farmers and Phoenix. He finished T37 at the AT&T Pebble beach pro-am. Okay, Greg, um, where would you like to put your last man What you know, your last couple guys in your
3: roster in. Okay. Um, so I, I, I like James Hahn as well. I totally see that angle. I liked him last week, played him last week a lot. So I'm I'm fine with that. Uh, I feel like there's a little bit more upside in S.H. Kim. Um, Now, this is, you're talking about four out of the last five gaining strokes approaching the green. Uh, And even at the Sony, or I'm sorry, the American Express, where he missed the cut. Um, he lost less than a stroke approaching the green. So I love that element. He's shown plenty of ability on and around the greens as well. Um, it's, it's quite a streak on the greens that he has going right now. Um, in fact, this entire season, he's gained strokes putting which is pretty good. And and he's only lost strokes. I mean, we're, you're going back to the Fortinet. This literally this entire season, he's gained strokes putting every event. He's only lost strokes around the green in three cases. So I, I think S H Kim is a very um, valuable high upside with some safety too. I, I think it's a, I think it's really quite a good play. Um, so I'm, I'm very attracted to, to that play. And then the other guys that I have on my list would be um, would be Steven Yeager, who I believe is down at 60, oh, 6,500. I thought it was at 64. Um, he's kind of it's just been OK. But I like what he's done with the short game. Uh, Hasn't quite gotten the putter going. He missed the cut in Phoenix, but before that, it was really pretty steady. So I think that's a a viable option. Um, And then two guys that I'm kind of taking a chance on based on name. One would be Lonto Griffin, Mm -hmm. who I think is still trying to find his way. And it may not be wise to go early on him, but Lonto's played some really good golf here at the Genesis. Uh, and it's been, everything's been a top 40 for him. His best, he's played three times. Um, so everything inside the top 40 and his best is a T 26. So he's kind of a potentially a steady option. Um, last but not least back up toward the top of this board is Francesco Molinari. Okay. This I'm very uncomfortable with. <laughs> so I would much rather play C, uh, S H Kim but sometimes you got to take a chance to win uh, a couple of years ago. He finished T eight here. Uh, he played some really nice golf in Abu Dhabi. Um, and I know that he has demonstrated a, a high quality short game before and been a very good ball striker. Is he worth a flyer? Is there enough upside potential upside for a flyer? Or is this just a bad idea? Uh, that's
0: a question that everyone is going to have to, I mean, I don't love the 6k range. I think, I think these guys are all flyers. We kind of, I mean, we saw the way the leaderboard shaped There were at one point, eight of the top nine players or yeah, eight of the top nine players on the leaderboard were all in the top 20 of the OWGR. I mean, it was just, it was just an absolutely stacked leaderboard. So yeah, I think a lot of these guys
3: are dart throws. I'll throw one more out there. Well, Rick, I got a question on that. Yes. If you're expecting a leaderboard like that, what do you do? You obviously can't have all those guys in your lineup. So what do you go uh, aggressive and hope that the one guy that's inside the top 20 is your guy from the 6K range? Or do you go with somebody a little bit safer who you think, like, I'm not going to take a chance on Francesco Molinari. I'm going to take a guy who I think can you know string together some cuts.
0: Yeah, I think that um we had a really good conversation last week about uh like win equity and and how you would how you would spread that out and I think that the path to if you knew the top of the leaderboard was going to be stacked like that, uh I think you'd probably take like a more balanced win equity line. Now you probably wouldn't have I don't know if you would have gotten away with it cuz Scotty actually won, but you know any of those other guys when Burns was in it, when Sung was in it and then I mean Ricky wasn't very expensive and Jay Day was reasonable to just guys that have at least a little bit more of a high upside pedigree uh, even if they're not playing their best golf at the moment
3: so it's it's not stars and scrubs here you're looking balanced I, I think I prefer that a little bit
0: so yes.
1: I was going to say that there is the, and I I kind of agree with you, Rick, especially because I don't think there's a lot of difference between some of those eight K guys and 9 K guys and some of the upper nine K and the 10 K guys. I think if this ends up playing like a pretty tough course in the winners at, you know, I don't know, I'm just throwing out a number like 13 under and a finishing position really becomes like a premium in terms of the points you get there. There is a scenario where you could throw in like an Adam Shank or somebody like really low in the 6K range. And if you get the right five guys, let's say you only let's say that 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 sixth guy doesn't make the cut and you only have a five out of six lineup. If you get the right five guys and, and, and part of the reason you got the right five guys is because you went super low if it's not a lot of scoring on Saturday and Sunday and you got the right five, like let's say your five guys are inside the top, you know, 12 or top 10. I mean, you're looking pretty good at that point in, in a tournament. That's likely not going to be a birdie fest. So there is the potential that a five out of six could actually win a tournament, depending on what tournament you, you choose. Of course,
0: the one guy I throw out there is uh Adrian Moronk who burned us all the last time. He was the popular one. It was Bermuda. He missed the cut. He was 10,300 since then. He had the seventh place finish in Dubai. He won the Australian Open. He had a T10 in Abu Dhabi. He finished T4 in his last start, at the Raz Al Championship. Very good driver, well-rounded player. I just don't know if he if he can translate anything remotely close to his European tour success to the PGA tour. It's very exciting. There's not been a lot of evidence of him being able to do that thus far. Yeah. So we'll see. But yeah, profile, I struggle, I struggle with those. It's a great profile, but we got to get it here. I mean, he's won twice in his last like 20 starts.
3: Yeah, it's good. It's just it's a hard line to cross. It's very rare that you get a Thomas Dietrich who has that kind of easy transition over here to the PGA Tour.
1: Also, one of those wins was the Australian Open with uh, the Australian vibes sort of commentary. Something to be said for that, perhaps. Mm
0: -hmm. There you go. Uh, All right, let's enter our Strokes Gay narrative portion of the show where we ask you to uh, get a little freaky with it and see what you can send us in terms of lineups that all have something connected to it. Let's look. Thank you kindly. Mike says, all things Genesis, the band. Oh, good. This is right up my alley not. <laughs> so are these are these members of the band is that what I'm is that right. what I'm understanding? Okay. Yep. So Phil Collins Morikawa or Phil Colin Morikawa. <laughs> Peter Gabriel Malmadi, Michael Rutherford Thompson, Tony Banks Finow, Victor Hovland of Confusion, Scott Stu. That's all things. St- all Ings. things all Ings.
3: all right is that good Greg Uh, well I like Phil Collins Morikawa that uh, beyond that I don't know uh, yeah, Rick you know I'm we're not music guys no the next one's the next one's
0: not going to be any better it's from Joseph I'm sure it's great he has taken uh, Sia what is this Invisible Touch a song that's right it's one of the more lyrics. popular yeah that's right and this is a Genesis song.
1: Yeah, and I can encourage everybody who doesn't know this song, because a lot admittedly, a lot of people aren't going to know this song. It's from like the early 80s. Uh, you're going to want to maybe YouTube the song and then sing these lyrics because it's actually a really catchy song. And what Joseph did with these lyrics, once you have the tune in your head, this is this is pretty great stuff. Yeah, so I don't have the
0: tune in my head. You can go Google this, and then you'll see Joseph has replaced something with Hovland and Im and Clark and Shoffley and Smalley. So you'll have to go uh, sing that ditty to yourself, but I'm sure it's well done, Joseph. <laughs> what else we got? Fantasy Bunker, Ryan says, we head to the home of Hollywood with an automobile sponsor. That's right. Name the other automobile sponsors
3: uh honda last year uh last year wow long standing uh no longer buick there's at least one more i can think of there's another genesis the scottish open Mm. um
0: i can only think of one more but there's gotta be a third doesn't there
3: uh, well, John, I mean, does John you, Deere count. I, that's I was like, just going to ask that. No, no, I don't think so. BMW. BMW. Duh. That was the one
0: I was thinking of, but yeah. I think that's it. Honda, BMW, Genesis. Ryan says, here are a few classic TV shows and movies featuring, featuring cars. Jason, Days of Thunder. Sam, Knight Rider. Mad Max McGreevy. Very good. Yeah. Matt back to the kuchar. <laughs> that's great. Aaron Magnum P. Rye and James. <laughs> James gone in 60 seconds. Yeah, that's good. pretty good. That's pretty good. Right. All things Las Vegas from John Markowski. He says vegan Bradley. Uh, Mac Hughes Hefner, C. Woo Kim Kardashian, Sung J. Implants, uh, Traff Vic Hovland. That's good. And finally, everyone's favorite TV host and former boy bander, Nick La Reve <laughs>
3: mm-hmm. Great. That, that was
0: good, good stuff. That was pretty good. Um, anything, any final thoughts before we got to get out of here? Going once, going twice.
3: I'm fired up for this week.
0: The fan vote for one and done is now open. The link is in the description. Get your votes in. Secure your spot. You are in third. You are making a run, and there is a lot of money on the line. Tuesday mega preview show, and then I think we're going to go Sunday night. I got to check this guy. It's been it's been a while we did. We were doing shows from the set. It, we had Mark come over. Danny Cannell joined us from a show. Joe Musso. It was a wild week. There was a wild lot of stuff week. happening.
3: You guys did great. Thank you. Appreciate
1: Greg, it. Greg, do you have a broom to sweep up some of these names that Rick just dropped? <laughs>
0: Come on. I'm out, I'm out here rubbing elbows. Yeah, Mark Immelman. Yeah, like rubbing elbows. Look, he's a star. Mark Immelman got recognized at the bar we went to. I'll tell you that. So he is a He's, well, he's a very mega star. recognizable. He's a megastar. Um, that'll do it. Big thanks to Bruce Detroit for all the hard work behind the scenes. Sia Najad at Sia Najad, Greg Ducharme at the Real GFD. You can find me at Rick Run. Good. This has been the first cut. We'll catch you next time. New CBS Sunday.